Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon, and uh, it is episode forty-eight. It's crazy. We're approaching here for for fifty. Episode fifty. I might have to think about doing something uh, special for episode fifty. So, if you've got any ideas out there, people, please tweet me and let me know because I don't have any clue. Um, I've been so sporadic lately with the schedule, but luckily, it's been paying off on some great guests, paying off with some great episodes here, and that includes my guest tonight, all the way from Australia. We have Justin Twell, who's a writer covering the NFL and NFC North and a content editor at Inside the Pylon, uh, and he's specializing in NFL draft wide receivers, so hey, uh, we, we could talk about that a lot, but we probably won't talk about wide receivers so much. We'll be talking a lot about Justin and his journey, and um, I've, I've rambled enough. Justin, how are you doing? Uh, very good, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, we're in sort of um, Wednesday afternoon here right now. Um, uh, it's looking a bit. The weather's not looking great outside, but no man, life is good. Um, I'm really, really pleased to be on. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, I was thinking about this just before coming on that, uh, you know, I never, I never thought I'd be on the show. Um, yeah, considering you know you've had guys like Greg Rosenthal and Evan Silver and Josh Norris and those guys, but um, yeah, it's great to be on, man. Just to chat um, and and just to obviously share a story that I shared this week and, and talk about some football and, um, and stuff like that. So I've got some pretty interesting stories, I'm sure. And, uh, I hope the listeners enjoy. No doubt. I'm, I'm excited to cover it all, but, uh, let's start as we always do with our guests here on the backyard banter podcast. It's, uh, going back to kind of the beginning. So obviously you're, you're living in Australia now, but you're originally from, uh, from London. So, you know, overseas, this, that, and the other, I'm sure the listeners can tell by, by your, accent that i'm incredibly jealous of uh what kind of got you into football uh, at the beginning there yeah it's uh, it, uh you know it is an interesting story i mean i was probably about uh seven or eight years old and my dad got into it before i did um and so he was a he was what they used to call a pen pal so um with this guy that was living in boston this was all pre-internet and pre-emails and everything else. And they would write letters to each other, uh, you know, once a month, two months, whatever it was, um, just about life, what they were doing, um, you know, what they, what their hobbies were, what their interests were and, and this and that and the other. And um, my dad became a Bears fan um, shortly after they won the Super Bowl in 1985. Um, I kind of got on board about a year later. I, I remember my dad sitting me down one day and he was teaching me about, you know, what a first down is, um, what does first and 10 mean, uh, what does third down and seven mean, 
Um, what does a quarterback do? What does a wide receiver do? What does a linebacker do? All this stuff. And um, it was a lot to get my head around. Um, and so, you know, the next Super Bowl, the New York Giants win the Super Bowl in 1986. So I kind of jump on that bandwagon as a sort of a, I guess I was probably eight or nine years old at the time. Um, so me and my dad had a lot of fun with that. The, the Bears and the Giants had a bit of a rivalry back then. So, um, And then two years later, my dad managed to talk me around to uh, following the Bears. Um, you know, I was young and impressionable, didn't know any better. So I was just like, cool, my dad's a Bears fan. I'm going to be a Bears fan too. Um, and since then, the Giants have won three Super Bowls and the Bears have won none. So thanks for that, Dad. Um, <laughs> um, and so, uh, and around that time as well, the um, the NFL started to come to London. We had, a, they used to call it the American Bowl. Mm. So it was a one preseason game uh, a year. They would come over. They were doing Tokyo and they were doing Montreal and all these other places. Um, but London started to get them sort of in the late 80s. So we went to some games. Uh, I remember going to the Broncos and the, the Rams and watching John Elway and Eric Dickerson and those guys. Um, and then, you know, we went to a couple more and then, um, uh, the, uh, what they called the world league started. So that would eventually come become NFL Europe. Um, so a lot of NFL guys that were sort of on the roster bubble or practice squad guys came over. Um, and there was a team there called the London Monarchs and, um, they went ahead and won the championship the first season, um, you know, Wembley stadium. So, um, it was really, it was hard to really sort of digest information about the game at that time. There was no internet. Um, you know, the game itself was really in the infancy, if you're talking about, you know, growing the game, you know, I mean, the only way that we could watch games was there was a, there was a TV channel that used to show games at sort of late at night. Um, and then there was a, a, a magazine. It was sort of built as a magazine, but it looked more like a newspaper and it was called first down. And, you know, we'd buy that every week and there was all the latest news and, it was kind of like NFL.com, but in paper form um, or, or ESPN and, and, and whatnot. And um, so we checked the box scores and the scores and this and that. Um, and around that time, we got into, you know, collecting cards, you know, the player cards. I think I had an Emmett Smith rookie card at one point um, or my dad did. Um, so we were quite fortunate, I suppose, in the sense that, you know, considering where I was brought up and where I'm from and, you know, soccer's the big sport in, in the UK, and it still is to this day. Um, you know, we, we sort of got into something a bit different. And, um, you know, at the time when, you know, the NFL was starting to come over to the UK and, and grow a little bit more, you know, even, like I said, without the internet. But that's kind of how I got into it, really. It's just, in a nutshell, was through my dad, who was, you know, pen pals with this guy and his family in Boston. Um and the love just, yeah, it just grew from there, even through school. And, and then, you know, the early Madden games came out and we were, you know, me and my friends were playing Madden all the time and um, back in the sort of early 90s. And, um, yeah, man, it's just it's just grown from there. And, you know, I think it's about 30 years this year that I've been following, whether it's watching, whether it's talking about it, writing about it, collecting cards, playing, you know. <laughs> I'll show you, tell you a quick story about my first uh, fantasy league um was on nfl.com i think it was 1999 season 
How how gracious of you to have it on, have it on NFL.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the only place that I think they might have had it. It was really in the early days, and um, so I um I, I started this league on NFL.com, and it was that season when uh, the St. Louis the St. Louis Rams, you know, it was uh, the, the greatest show on turf, and and those guys. And I, I don't remember if there was a draft or how I got these players, but I ended up with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce in that season. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> and needless to say, uh, I won the league quite easily. I think the only time I, the only game I lost uh, was when they had there was on their bye week. And um, I remember a little bit of a... a a sort of, I guess, miscommunication on my part. You know, the, the prize for the... There was a prize at the time of tickets to the Super Bowl. So when I won this league, I was I was so excited. I'm just I'm just going, oh, my God, you know, I could win tickets to the Super Bowl here. And, you know, this is incredible. This team is just ridiculous, scoring points and this and that and the other. Um, and then something prompted me to go back to the terms and conditions, and I'm reading through them. And, um, and of course, you have to be a, a resident of, you know, uh, the 50-odd states of America. And, and I was absolutely gutted, you know. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And I was really, really disappointed. But I did get a letter from NFL.com, actually. They sent me a letter just congratulating me on winning this, uh, winning this fantasy league, which was, uh, oh. yeah, it was just, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that that is pretty awesome. I often wonder if um, you know, obviously you had success there in your first year and you know, my first year playing fantasy, I think I've told her on this story or told her on, told this story on this podcast before. Um, I often wonder if like would you really ha- would I really have the same interest uh in in football or fantasy if like I hadn't have won that for or, and I didn't win, but I did well, you know. I I have I often won that some wonder that sometimes like if I had actually hated it, like I thought I would, if I'd have been like, Oh, forget it, I'm never doing this again. Um, but you know, years later here we are and I have to write about it now. <laughs> um so obviously like being being from being from London and, and everything, like like you mentioned, soccer is kind of the, the big sport there. What what drew you to football I would presume over soccer? Um, yeah, look, I think it, I, I think at that time it did sort of, uh, take precedence over soccer quite quickly. Um, I think for me, it was just, you know, the guys that I was watching and the contact aspect of the sport, but, you know, growing up and I'm watching guys like Lawrence Taylor and, and Mike Singletary and, and, you know, Dan Marino and John Elway and all these legends that we know of today, um, and I just, I was just amazed by it. I was amazed by, you know, just the contact, you know. It was a different game back then, you know. Nowadays, it's, you know, especially from the defensive side of the ball, you know, it's not as tough as it was back then. And um, I, I just love the big hits and, um, you know, just uh, the, the kind of, um, I guess, free-flowing, maybe the word to use, but it was a lot different back then. You know, defenders couldn't hit a lot harder and, you um, you know, get away with probably a lot more things than they do today. Um, but yeah, I guess it was just it was just different. It was, um, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the sort of the, the chess piece part of the game. You know, it just you know what what each position does. You know, on the offensive side, the defensive side. I started to learn a little bit about that. Um, I don't know, man. It was just it was just different, and um, I, I think another part of it was. The sort of razzmatazz of it, you know, when they were showing it on TV, you've got the cheerleaders and you've got the music and, um, you know, it just seemed like a really, not just a fun sport to go and watch at a game, um, but fun to watch at home as well when I, you know, when me and my dad could and, um, 
yeah, it just it just grew from there. I, it, it became a lot different. You know, I even managed to get my friends to play at school. So we would play like a touch version of the game out in the school, you know, in the school field and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, my friends at school became fans of, you know, Miami Dolphins, Green Bay Packers and, 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 and whoever else. But, um, yeah, I guess it was just different. I enjoyed the contact aspect. Um and, and just watching these players, you know, playing in their primes at that time and, you know, teams like the 49ers and the Bears and, yeah, man, it's just, I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Um, and a lot of people, you know, in school and, and just growing up in general, um, you know, they couldn't understand it <laughs> to some degree. Um, but I just loved it and I just kept going and kept going and just kept watching as much as I could and, um, you know, and following as much as, you know, I could living in a, you know, living in a different country. You know I mean? Mm. You know, every, every guest you've had on was brought up probably from the minute they were born and, you know, maybe they played the game or, you know, their, their, their dad played the game or their brothers or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a bit different for me. You know, we had to work harder to, um, to, to follow it and understand it, um, and get the most we could out of it. And, um, I guess I'm just grateful now that it's, it's easier now with the internet and social media and, and that sort of stuff. Well, you mentioned most of my guests have probably been from the continental United States, and I think that's actually been 100% true, although I might be missing somebody, and if I am, I apologize. But one thing that's always stood out to me, uh, especially with those in the media, and, and you write for Inside the Pylon, which is a really great website, and we've had, uh, we've had Mark Schofield on from that. We'll, we'll talk about the story of how you, how you got there later on, but one thing that I, I've always kind of almost been amazed by and like other people are i feel think the same way like living in another country do you have to like adjust your time schedule at all in order to keep up with like the nfl news cycle during the day or you know how do you manage that yeah you really do um i mean even living in australia right now um in fact no we'll, we'll go back to we'll go back to the um when i was living in the uk and the the Bears got to the Super Bowl in the 2006-07 season. Now the Super Bowl was on at one o'clock in the morning, so um, so I'm having to you know try my hardest to keep awake to you know to, to watch it, you know, not miss a miss a you know miss a second of it. And um, and and so I remember the, the the start of that game. Uh, you know, Devin Hester returns the kickoff for a touchdown, and my mum and sister up, uh, <laughs> they're up asleep. They're up, they're upstairs asleep, and um, you know I can't sit there and scream my head off and go absolutely bananas because they're asleep upstairs because it's one o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, you look, it, it, it's the same now. You know, it's the same now. Um, you know, generally games here start anywhere between four o'clock in the morning and seven mm. eight nine ten in the morning um but it's on a monday morning so um you know sometimes i do end up getting up at that time mostly because you know my kids might wake me up at that time just because they're kids but um but yeah it, it, it in a sense it can be quite difficult you know you do miss um you know i do miss some news and stuff like that sometimes because i'm fast asleep or um you know i'm at work and i'm i'm not on twitter or facebook or anything else so um yeah there's a bit of an adjustment there and it's just um you know sometimes if if um you know if i know that i've missed something you know i'll i'll go back and um you know i'm scrolling through twitter or facebook and i'll probably do it a little bit more than than anybody else but um so yeah it can be difficult sometimes to keep up with uh 
you know, breaking news. Like sometimes I wake up in the morning and so much has happened within the space of six hours. Like if it's free agency, if it's the draft, if it's anything else. So yeah, it, it's a bit of an adjustment, but um, you know, you know, myself and others here love the game so much that we, uh, yeah, we just um, we just put up with it and, and do our best. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely just got to be a whole a whole different adjustment, but it's it's very fascinating. Um, so I, I mentioned that you write for Inside the Pylon now. Uh, how did that end up uh, coming to be? How did you kind of make the transition from you know just a, obviously a unique fan being uh, from from a different country, but just a traditional fan to uh, to trying out your hand at writing and and working it Inside the Pylon. Um, well, it it first sort of started um probably about four or five years ago. Um, I started off writing for um, an Australian NFL site, um, and it was called US Sports Down Under. Um, and they were looking for writers, and we, you know, we had a few guys, and they post up articles. And most of it was just opinion articles and previews and, and this and that. Um, and I actually worked there with uh, Josh Wire from the Woot and Wire show. Um, nice. I think he might be – yeah, you might be friends, familiar friends with him. Friends of the and, show. Um, friends of the show, yes. Um so he came along a little bit after me and um that's where i met him and you know we were we were riding together there with some other guys um and then that website took a whole different you know different approach and they started focusing more on sort of selling merchandise and stuff like that for people here so so that kind of fell by the wayside and then and then my firstborn came along so riding sort of um you know i sort of stopped doing it for a while there um you know with with kids i've got two kids one is my oldest is five and youngest is three so um so during that time i kind of stopped and then and then about a year ago i started thinking about getting into it again um you know you've spoken on this show a lot of times about you know just just asking people just approach people just write something that you that you're passionate about and send it off to someone and say hey you know what do you think of this and you know, can I come write for you guys? You know, do you, do you see anything in me and stuff like that? So, um, I went to a couple of places. I, I'd, I'd, um, you know, wrote some things and I sent them off to these, um, you know, various different websites and whatnot, you know, and they just come back and said, nah, you know, not interested, you know, thanks, but no thanks, that kind of thing. I think, you know, we've all been there. Um, yep. Get, get, <laughs> getting the knockbacks and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I I saw, you know, somebody must have retweeted or something, you know, this show and what this show is about and just like, you know, getting guests on to talk about how they got in the industry and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, and I thought, you know, that that sounds really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna download one and um I think the first one might have been actually Mark Schofield's episode. Um, you know, I was reading the descriptions on iTunes and stuff like that and I I listened to Mark's episode and um I said, like, oh, inside the pylon, you know, rings a bell. I think I've seen it, but I'd never been on the website. I didn't really know too much about them. Um, and my previous writing had never been, you know, X's and O's and, uh, you know, that real, you know, looking at the nuances of what a player does or what an offensive scheme does, stuff like that. I'd never really written about it. Um, so I just, I was in that, I was in that point in my life where I'm just going to go, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to send off these articles to all these different people. And if one comes back, great, you know, let's get into it. You know, I've got the time in my life to do it. You know, my kids were getting a little bit older and starting to sleep better at night. So, um, it was a bit easier to find the time. So, so I sent, uh, I sent an email to Mark and 
just said, hey, look, you know, there's a couple of articles here. I heard you on the, the Backyard Banter podcast. And, you know, what do you think? You know, and he comes back. Um, just to be just to be day. clear, I didn't I didn't ask uh, I didn't ask Justin to tell this story to to promote uh, the the own my own show. Uh, just to be clear, <laughs> I I knew that this was the answer, but nevertheless, I, I think it's important to the story. Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Um, and so I, I I sent an email to Mark, and um, he was like, "Yeah, great. You know, let's get you on, and let's see what you can do." So, um, you know, my first couple of articles were you know, nothing to do with video break, video breakdowns or X's and O's, none of, none of that stuff. Um, but then I started to, to get into it and I had a lot of help from Mark and, uh, you know, Chuck Zotter, Dave Archibald and some of those guys there, you know, they, they saw something in me and saw potential and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I started to, you know, you know, thinking back to 30 years of watching this game and thinking to myself, you know, reading some of the articles on the site there inside the pile and thinking, you know, yeah, I can do this. It's, it's easy. I can do this. I, I understand this game enough to know um, what's going on, what certain players can do and, and, and schemes and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I started to, you know, sort of expand into that. I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to fit here, then this is what I need to do. So, so I started doing that and, you know, the feedback from the editors was great. And, um, you know, the next thing, you know, Mark's coming to me, I think it was october november time and he said he said hey man you know we've got uh the washington post won an article on the um minnesota vikings defense you know i think they were five and oh you know they were getting compared to the 85 bears and all this sort of stuff and um the washington post came to us and said hey you know we we want an article on this defense you know what what makes them tick why are they so good um you know what scheme are they running this and that and the other and i couldn't believe it i was blown away i just you know, that he would trust me to, to, to write something for the Washington Post. Um, I never I never thought I'd get to there. So so I, I did this article. We sent it off. They were happy with it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put this up. You know, it goes up on the site. And, um, yeah, just things got crazy there for, for a few days. And, um, you know, I tweeted it at the, um, the Irani NFL guys, you know. And... Um, uh, you know, Chris Wesling's quote tweeting it saying, hey, this is a good read. You should check it out. And, and mm. you know, I've got those guys are retweeting it. And, yeah, it was just I never thought that I would go from just writing for some Australian website that nobody's heard of to, to, to you know, to inside the pylon. And I've, then I've got an article up on the Washington Post um, on the website there. So um, and in quite a short space of time, too. So, you know, I enjoyed inside the pylon in May last year. And by November, you know, I'm doing this thing for the Washington Post. So, yeah, it was it's it's pretty amazing. And, um, uh, yeah, something I never, ever thought I'd do. But, you know, and, and here I am. It's such an awesome story. And I think that it really encapsulates not only what we talk about on the show all the time about, you know, getting a position in football, but also just whatever your goals and or dreams are aspiring to. Like, it all started with you just being like, you know what? forget it i'm just gonna do it like no matter what happens i'm just gonna submit my emails to mark i'm gonna tell him to check out these articles and you know from there the ball rolls and and then like you said i mean you do you do some things that you never thought you'd ever be doing uh in terms of writing for the washington post or like having you around the nfl guys which uh if if anyone goes to your twitter profile they'll see you uh we're like me, a tomato can on that show, and I want to actually ask you about that later. But so it's obviously pretty cool to see those guys like interacting with you and sharing your articles too. And again, just stuff like that, like just from the the you know 
I'm just going to do it. It really ends up in, in crazy results sometimes. Yeah, and I think that that whole mindset of me saying, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to fire these articles off and just see what happens. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of that and a lot of my mental processing for that stems from, you know, the, the story that I shared this week. And, and I'm sure we'll touch on that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it, it's crazy. I mean, even just being on this show, I mean, you know, I don't have a thousand. I don't have thousands of thousands of followers on Twitter. I, I've never worked at ESPN or NFL.com or Bleacher Report or any of these other places. And, you know, I don't have that little blue tick next to my name, none of that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, even just being on here is is pretty, um, yeah, just, just pretty crazy to me, um, especially as, you know, I listened to an episode on this show, which got me into where I'm writing from now and ultimately got me to writing that article for the Washington Post and all these other things that have been going on. So, um it, yeah, just ama- it's been an amazing week. It's just been an incredible week from, um, you know, something personal that I shared and, and, and the reaction to that as well. So, yeah, crazy but good. Well, we here at, at the Backyard Banter, when I say we, I guess I mean the staff of me and my dog, uh, we are very happy to not only have inspired the start of your writing journey, but also very happy to have you on the show now. And I want to get, I do want to get into now a transition into why I wanted to have you on the show. And it's what you've mentioned recently is, is an article that you wrote, uh, for Jason Romano's blog. And if you're listening to the show, I'm sure, you know, Jason Romano was on the show just a few episodes ago, actually the, the first episode of, uh, of, of season two. And if you haven't go back and check that out, but, um first first of all if you have if you're listening and you haven't read the article definitely check it out like I said it's on Jason Romano's blog which is jasonromano22.com or you can go to Justin's Twitter profile profile at justin1278 and it's his pinned tweet that's always an easy way to check things out too but um so just real quick for those who haven't read it um, I, I want you to one tell us what the what the story's about before we dive right into it, and also how you ended up uh, writing this for Jason's website. Um, basically, it's a you know it's a period in my life um, for probably three years where I I suffered um, quite a severe form of depression. Um, you know, to the point where you know I. I took an attempt on my life. Um, I, I well, I kind of took two really, but but the first one was, um, the first one was kind of more graphic, and you know, if you go and read it, you, you you'll understand. Um, you know, just and and when I listened to Jason's episode, and you know, I'm sitting on the bus on the way to work, and you know, he mentioned something about you know his dad going through sort of his battles of alcohol and depression and you know, and, and sort of how that affects to this day, his relationship, you know, his brothers and himself with his dad. And, you know, me writing that I, it was something I sort of thought about only really very recently, the last couple of years. And, you know, and after that show and, um, you know, I reached out to Jason and, um, and said, Hey, look, you know, I've got a story to share on depression. I'd like to write about it, you know? And he just said, great he said that that'd be great just send it over to me and we'll we'll get it on my blog and um you know so so i sat down and i I wrote this article and um i had to recount some things you know some harrowing things that i that i you know had forgotten um or or you know very rarely think about so 
you know, it was tough in that sense. But for me, it's something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, something I had to be done. Um, and I was in the right place to to do it without, you know, me thinking back to it so much that, you know, it comes back or anything like that. So, um, you know, Jason was very supportive of that. And um, Jason's great. He's just just, uh, just an amazing person um, to, to allow me to do that. So, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of in a nutshell how it came about. Yeah, Jason's great. I'm, I'm so glad that got to have him on the show and also gotten to know him a little bit more since then. He really is fantastic. Um, you know, so obviously I wanted to have you on the show to talk about it a little bit, um, to k- kind of dig into the story, you know, not only obviously for, th- for the listeners and, and for yourself to get yourself out there a little bit, but also, you know, for, for me, uh, because if you're familiar with this, this show at all, my episode of the show, which was episode 43, I talked a little bit about my experience with that, um, with, with depression and, and, you know, it's a big part of, what, what got me to where I am too. So I definitely wanted to dig into that, uh, especially because Justin, I'll tell you, and I have to do this privately, but I'll tell you here too, reading your story, though your form of depression was a lot more severe than, than mine. And, and some of the things were more graphic, uh, in, in yours than, than what I experienced. So much of the twist and turns of how it all happened and everything was very similar, uh, to my experience too. So I definitely wanted to get on and, and just talk about it. Um, you know, so if at any point while we're talking, you just want me to, you don't want me to stop or like want me to not, not answer a question, feel free to just, you know, tell me to shut the hell up and we'll, we'll move on to something else. But, um, I guess my first question is just kind of for the listeners sakes, like what, what was the, it's hard to say like, what was the cause, but what was kind of the, the trigger moment for, for you? Um, the trigger moment I think for me was, um, you know, in 2001, my, my parents separated, um, you know, and the circumstances behind that were, were sort of pretty tough, but, you know, I was dealing with it fine on my own, you know, I was, I mean, man, I was what, 22, 23 years old. And, um, coincidentally, like the exact same age (laughs) I was when my parents separated too, or I was a year younger, but literally the same age. It's crazy. Yeah. I was 20, 22 or three. I can't even, I can't even work out in my head at the moment, but, um, yeah, look, man. uh, And that was okay. Like I, you know, I was, um, you know, dealing with that. Okay. And, and as well as, as most people, I guess would, you know, obviously it's upsetting and, you know, and this and that and the other, but, you know, I was still getting on with life and, and, and enjoying myself as a sort of young single guy. But, um, I think the trigger for it, you know, I met my wife, my now wife, um, in early 2002, you know, and, I wasn't looking for a long-term relationship. You know, I was young, I was free, I was happy. I was just, you know, I was, I was traveling, um, I was traveling around the States a lot, actually around the U S and, um, and just, just really enjoying, you know, being free and single before, you know, you do the whole settling down thing and, you know, you start to think a little bit differently as you get older. But so I met, I met my now wife and, um, our relationship really sort of blossomed pretty quickly and, you know, and, um, fell in love and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, she, um, you know, she came back here to see her family and friends and then uh, for a month and then, um, you know, she came back and, you know, she decided she was going to move back here for good. And that was it. Um, you know, so, and I so was just for context, she was, um, she came back to Australia where her family's from and then returned back to you in London at the time. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so she would turn back to London because she was living there at the time with uh, with her, her grandmother. So, um, you know, and 
you know, even to this day, the one thing that the one thing, the one fear that I have, I guess, and the one thing that I still struggle with is rejection. You know, I just something I've always struggled with in in not in every aspect, but in but in certain aspects, particularly emotionally, I think. Um, and so, you know, a decision was made. I, I, you know, I tried for months to talk her out of it, but it just wasn't working. And, um, you know, she, um, you know, she left and I, I saw her off and. Oh, it was, um, I, I do remember it still. And, uh, you know, I was at the airport, I was, I collapsed on the floor. I didn't know what I was, what was happening. And it was horrible. I, I couldn't bear to see her walk away like that. Um, and then, um, you know, when she first told me going back a couple of months, you know, I was, I started to take antidepressants. I was losing weight. I was, wasn't eating properly. You know, I just looked, I mean, I'm a tall guy, but I was just, way way underweight and um and then shortly after that you know i was made redundant at my job so you know all of these things happened that i had absolutely no control over and i literally felt like i had nothing left in my life i mean i, I lost you know I, I lost the love of the nfl the love of the game had gone i, I, I hobbies and interests you know reading and, and whatnot i just I had no interest in whatsoever and Felt like my life had no purpose. So, um, you know, my, my mind was just, you know, I was, I was not just not a normal person. I was just, you know, I just didn't want to be around anymore. I, you know, yeah, it's selfish, but, you know, so I um, decided, you know, my decision in my mind was that I was going to end this suffering that I was experiencing. Um without any regard to what it was going to affect to my family and my friends and stuff like that. I'll, I'll say that right now, but, um, you know, so I, I, you know, planned to take my life. I, I went into my garage. I was going to put this belt around my neck and I was going to do it. And I was standing on the box and I was ready to do it. I had this towel over my head and I was just like, oh, I, this is what I'm going to do. And then something happened. Something just I don't know what happened. I can't really remember. I remember falling off this box and I was on the ground. I was screaming. I was shaking. And then, and then the next thing I remember is somebody found me. I don't even remember who it was. And I'm whisked off in this ambulance and I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this sort of mental health clinic. I don't even know what it was to be honest with you. And, um, you know, and I was there and, you know, I then started, things got worse because I started to hallucinate. I started to see images, whether my eyes were closed or open. I was, I was almost going psychotic, it felt, um, you know, and stuck in this, this place. And then they transferred me to a, a, like a public hospital, but on a, a, a mental health ward. And I was there and the only thing I had was, you know, I was, I was walking around in this big white robe all day Um you know, the story kind of touches a bit more now in terms of what was in this place and, you know, things as entertainment and whatnot. Um, I just lost all, I just lost all sort of semblance of what life is. And, 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 you know, I'd always, you know, I've always been a guy that's been quite open and, um, you know, I don't shy away from many things when it comes to talking about me and, and, you know, what I've done or not done or been through or whatever else. And, you know, I've always been an easy person to get on with, but man, I lost all that. I lost all that. And, um, you know, I felt consumed. I just felt absolutely consumed and I didn't, 
I didn't care for life. I just didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. I just thought, I'm ready to just end this right now and let's just get this over with. Um, and it was a long process to come back. It was, you know, it was heavy therapy. It was medic, heavy medication. I was sleeping for 15, 20 hours a day sometimes. And, uh, you know, over over the space of, you know, years, two or three years, you know, I, I, I'd, I've lost I've come to the conclusion that I lost two and two to three years of my life. I basically lost it, um, you know, and I had to get that back. And it's pretty much taken me until, um, I guess, probably two thousand and six, seven. And this is where this is where my love for the NFL came back. Um, you know, I touched on it before about you know the two thousand and six oh seven season. You know, the Bears getting to the Super Bowl, and um, you know. 13 and three, number one seed in the NFC. And, uh, you know, and um, it was just so much fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I became a fan again. It became a fan again, watching my team um, being as good as they were and, and, and getting to the Super Bowl really just brought back my love for this game and, and to a degree, my love of life as well. Um, I mean, you know, they lost the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, <laughs> not the outcome that I'd hoped, but, but, you know, it's um, such a fun season to watch. So, really got me in back, my, you know, back my love for the Bears and the NFL again, and um, and that's that's the turning point when I felt like my life was coming back. You know, I'd, I'd got a job, I was dating someone, and um, you know, just just enjoying my time with her, and 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 just getting back into hobbies and stuff like that again, and and uh, so pretty much between two thousand and I guess 2001 and 2005, four, five. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like I've lost, you know, lost my life a little bit. But um, but hey, you know, I'm back now and everything's good. You know, life's life's well and you know, um, I'm now living in Australia um, with my wife. Well, she's my wife now, but at the time when she she left, um, I'll touch on that a bit because we lost contact for. Oh, it must have been five years, five, six years, complete lost contact. And then one day out of the blue, I get a I get a, a Facebook notification that she sent me a message. So I went and read this message and she's just like, hey, how you going? You know, how's life? And all that sort of stuff. Um, I was like, I was blown away. I was like, wow, like this has just completely come out of nowhere. So we start messaging and, um, you know, we get to talking on the phone and, and she said, hey, look, why don't you, if you want to come over and visit, come over and visit. And I just thought, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's see if the, if the, the spark is there and, um, and, and, and all that stuff. And so I came over here for a visit for, I think it was two or three weeks. And um, we just fell for each other again. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm packing up and I'm making the move and I'll get married. And now we've got two kids and we live in this house. And, yeah, it's um, – it blows my mind sometimes, even when I think about it. Like, how the hell did I get here? I never thought in a million years that I'd be living in Australia, but here I am. There's so much to to dig into from from your story. I don't almost don't know where to start, but I, I guess I'll just actually start there at the end because that is the most fascinating thing, almost to me, is that, like you said, you would have never expected it, and your story is inspirational in, in many many ways, but. Like that, the fact that you then ended up with with the, with that same girl that the that left and and crushed and had it had crushed you in such a way, 
I think might even be somehow like one of the more shocking aspects of it because you know I would think that most people would imagine like well you know her leaving me just crushed me so bad I can never go back or I can never um you know I can never rekindle that same thing again I mean you beat all the odds just to stay alive and then you beat all the odds to end up with the girl anyways I mean was it ever kind of hard for you to to slide back into it or or to you know maybe I don't know forgive her or or whatever um it it was because you know um when she left she never really told me the reason why like why are you leaving what's making you want to suddenly just pack your bags and 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 move to the other side of the world you know um i remember a conversation we had on the phone um when we sort of reconnected and and she told me the reason why um i i won't say it here because it's it's personal to her but um you know maybe maybe off air man but um she told me the reason why and um i just thought i was just like you're kidding me right you're kidding me that 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 can't be right like that just can't be right and you know she's getting upset and and this and that and the other and you know i dig in a bit deeper to it and find out that yes the reason why was true and um and um I guess I understood it. I had an understanding of why she had to do it and why she did it. So, um, you know, and, and just as, as the months went on and we were talking on the phone and we were you know, talking on Skype and, and, and stuff like that, um, I guess I just thought to myself, let's just give it a chance. There's life too short. Let's just give it a chance and see where it goes. I mean, at that point, I was a lot more stronger mentally, physically, emotionally, that if it didn't work out, that's fine. That that's fine, and I knew that I could, I could get over it quickly and and move on. You know, learning from my experiences that I've just uh, just experienced. So I was pretty confident in that. So I, I was happy to give it another shot and and just see where it takes us. And um, oh, here we are today. Like mm. we've been married, we've been married for eight years. We've got two young kids, and um and and she's very supportive of of um you know my writing and and just about everything I do. So it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, it really is incredible. I mean, I just would have never, uh, I just would have never expected the story to to end that way. But it's fantastic that it did, and yeah, I, th- I think it's so it's so fascinating just just to hear that it uh, it all worked out in that way. It's, it's incredible. But um, one thing I guess is is I would I'd like to dig into a little bit um, is at the beginning you mentioned obviously like the thought of of of, of taking your life like you never in that moment uh think about other people or whatever you know like like you said you never think about all this how this is going to affect my parents or my or my siblings or people that love me or whatever and you hear that a lot you hear people say like how could somebody that i mean you don't hear it a lot but you, you hear it every now and again people will say how could somebody you know do that like to the people that they love um it's so selfish and i'm like you just have no idea uh, how se- like it is selfish, but at the same time, like mm. you can't see beyond that. It, it, how, how do you feel? How would you feel about when you hear people intimate that? Um, look, to me, it's um, you know, people that would say that they they you know, yeah, they don't understand. They probably don't understand why. You know, that that, that initial question is, why would you do that? How could you do something that would have such a big impact on? 
you know, what about your mum and dad? What about you know your brother or your sister? What about your friends? What about this and that? And um, and look, I understand the question. I get it. I, I you know I would probably be asking the same question. And it's it's really hard. It's really hard to answer because you know at that point for me anyway, can't speak for anybody else that's had the same. But for me, you know, I was so consumed by negativity and um, you know just uh, there was nothing I felt that in my life that I had worth living for. Um, I mean, when I think back now, it was, it was, it was wrong because, you know, I had the love of my mum, my dad, I've got a younger sister. Um, I had a great circle of friends. Um, but at that point for me, I, I just felt absolutely consumed by, um, you know, negativity, you know, hatred towards myself and, and, and everything else that, you just don't think you just don't you don't think the consequences that if you go through something like that and and sadly there's people that have but you just don't think of the consequences it's 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 a very selfish act i'm 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 100 with that you know if anyone wants to come to me and say yeah you were selfish i'll be like hey look that's fine i was yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I, I, I was selfish 100 percent selfish i didn't think about my mum and dad i didn't think think about the people in my life that you know i was close to so um th i suppose that's probably the, the one aspect of that illness and that time in my life that's that's still to this day the one aspect of my life that even i don't understand i don't even understand why i would have wanted to do it yeah. Uh, will will I ever understand it? I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm 38 years old now, so I've got a bit of time, I suppose. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever understand if I'll ever understand it myself. But that's just I guess that's just the way it was, and you know, ultimately it was you know the way it panned out. And um, yeah, look, I'm I'm glad. I'm obviously glad I didn't go through with it, but. Um, yeah, it was pretty close, and, and um, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty scary to think about sometimes. But you know, we're very lucky and very happy that it didn't didn't work out. Uh, that that uh, is is always just a blessing. Um, and yeah, there's something there's something addicting about sadness, um, in my opinion, uh, because it's so selfish and human beings are inherently terrible <laughs> in some ways and we're all we're all very selfish creatures and especially when you're just you know predisposed to it with with that with that condition like you get into the sadness and you just get almost hooked on it even if you don't want to be like nobody wants to feel like that but you it's you're indulging in yourself so much by only thinking of yourself that you it's like a, it's a very dangerous uh cycle at least to me um, so one, one question I wanted to ask you too, and, and this is something I think about a lot too, you know, some people would, would hear your story and be like, well, you know, it's like a breakup or whatever that you, that kind of, um, launched you into this. And, and that seems trivial. And I have people, I mean, I'll just be honest. I have people ask me the same thing from my situation. Like that was one of the biggest reasons that launched me into it. Um, do you, did you ever feel like it was, you know, regardless of what happened, like it was coming for you anyways, like the, this period of depression, like would have hit no matter what happened. Um, or do you think it was just entirely caused by, by events in your life? Oh man, it, it was entirely by the events, uh, you know, that were happening in my life at that time. Um, you know, I, I could have handled my, my parents, uh, you know, separating and, and sort of heading to divorce. Like I could have handled that, you know, um, you know, as well as you can. But 
or as well as anybody can. But, um, you know, I think I touched on earlier, I, I, I'm a person, I don't do well with rejection in some, particularly emotional, that emotional rejection, you know, you know, I can get rejected for jobs and, you know, I've been rejected before for writing jobs before, you know, joining inside the pylon. And then that was all fine. I was just like, yeah, you know, move on to the to the next one and, you know, just keep going. But um, one thing I always, you know, do struggle with is, is emotional rejection. And, and particularly, I don't know if that would be such a case now, sort of older and matured a bit and, and, and maybe I would deal with it a bit better. But, you know, at that time, I, um, I was incredibly... Uh, yeah, you know, I was incredibly scared of it. You know, it, it, it's something that, that that scared me a lot. You know, at that time in my life, and uh, yeah, I to be honest, it probably would scare me even now. Um, it's just it's just who I am, I guess. I just, it's the only explanation I've got. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it was just purely the events in my life at that time to to, to cause all that to, to cause all of it. Yeah, I. That's an interesting perspective that you bring up at the end there about, you know, you would wonder how you handle it now. Do you ever feel like the same sort of feelings kind of come on a little bit or do you think you've entirely left um, depression or, or the feelings of it? Do you feel like you've entirely left that behind in your past? I wouldn't say 100%. Um, I think because, you know, there is that emotional rejection that I still fear. Um, you know, I, I do still suffer a little bit from anxiety quite, quite a bit. Um, you know, perhaps more than others. I, I'm just, that's just an assumption of course, but you know, sometimes i um, you know, certain little things happen and i get really anxious and, um, you know, worried and, and stuff like that, but, but not to the point where, um, you know, I'm getting thoughts of, you know, getting these really terrible thoughts of doing things to myself or, 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 or thinking the absolute worst of life and, and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, if I do, I just, <laughs> it's funny if I do, I'll, I'll just, I'll open up the laptop. I'll chuck on game pass. I'll, I'll, I'll watch a game and, and, and just, um, you know, dive into something that I, that I love and passionate about and keep and take my mind off things, you know? So, um, and that always helps. So, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't say 100%, but, um, you know, I am stronger, um, you know, mentally. But, yeah, did, and, you know, and I've had a couple of panic attacks, you know, since, or probably about two in the last 10 years, um, which, you know, that's not that's not much to me. But, um, you know, but just living everyday life and, you know, that, that's just normal to me now. I just live my day, you know, live every day as normally as I can and, you know, you know, I work as much as I can. I spend as much time with my kids and my wife and my friends and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's really good now. So, yeah, you know, will I ever will I ever be one hundred percent clear of that? Probably not. You know, it's uh, it was a big part of my life. I it I don't think about it a lot. You know, I don't I don't. You know, if I'm at home, you know, I'm all by myself. I it's not something I really think about a lot. You know, I I do. I think I do a fairly good job of shutting that out, and um, you know, and just thinking about what I have got, where I am now, you know, and and some of the, uh, the people in my life, and that always just that gets all that negativity out straight away, and I'm just, uh, yeah, just enjoying life. So, mm. yeah. Well, it's like you mentioned pulling out, <laughs> pulling up the laptop, and and doing Game Pass or, or getting into football and all that. Like, God, it, it's so helpful to. You know, you're sitting there, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, um, 
what reason do I have to live? It's so helpful to just actually give yourself a reason to live. And uh, whether that is like finding, you know, covering football, writing, writing about football, if that really is a passion or, or whatever your passion is, you know, pursuing that and, and making it something that other people can see. Because like you mentioned, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is just my perspective. I I've, have the same sort of like fears of rejection and like I just can't handle that sort of emotional uh trauma of like somebody like rejecting you or turning you down or something um but the opposite of that is when somebody accepts you is the best thing in the world uh and when people see your writing or your work it's incredible I it's like it's so helpful to hear people be like yeah this is really good and regardless again regardless of what your hobby is finding an avenue for that and finding a way for people to see it and consume it can be so so helpful um in my opinion yeah and the one thing uh you know the one thing that um you know that really makes me you know just gives me a a a boost in mood you know gets me in a good mood or gives me a boost is when things like that happen you know like when I wrote this, when I wrote about my depression and, 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 and what happened and then, you know, Jason puts it up on his blog and it goes out on Twitter and, it, and he posted it on his Facebook page as well. And, um, and the messages came so fast. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was just like, holy man, I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I think, um, uh, George Criticos, who's been on the show, he, he, he tweeted out saying, man, this is amazing. This is, thank you for sharing. And, and then, and yourself, you know, you're, you know, you, you tweeted it out saying, man, you, if there's one thing you do today is read this. And I was going, I just was blown away. And then, you know, you sent the message, um, you know, you followed me, sent me the message and, um, that just blew me away. Just, uh, you know, somebody i guess in your position to to do that and just take time out to read it and 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 say thank you was incredible and i've had so many people message me over the last week saying things like look i'm suffering right now or i have suffered you know and questions like how did you keep the negative thoughts out of your mind um you know can you elaborate on your story a little bit more like how did you get to where you are what you're doing you know how do you feel day day to day and um even just yesterday, I, I had a follower message me yesterday and, and he wrote this quite a big message and he said, I was literally crying reading your story. I just, even, it's just blowing people away and, and um, getting the tweets and the, getting the messages and everything else. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's been incredible. And, and the one reason why I wanted to do it was because I wanted it to get out there. I wanted people to read it. I wanted people to, to read it. You know, I put it on my Facebook page. I said, look, I don't want people to say, thanks i don't want people to 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 give me plaudits and stuff like that you know or to get myself out there even um it was more to do with i want people to read this because i want people to see that they can you know have a similar journey from you know feeling th- those feelings and doing those things to yourself and everything else you you can get from that point to just an everyday life you know you live in a house you've got a roof over your head you you've, you've got food on the table you know if like me you're lucky enough you've got kids that, that just adore you and all that sort of stuff so um that that to me was you know i sat down and thought well wh- why do i want to do this why do i want to put this out there that's so personal and, and 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 graphic in 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 a couple of areas and it's just like i want people to realize that you know if you're suffering right now it's easy to just think 
you know, my life is, you know, I'm worthless, my life is worthless or whatever else. No, trust me, I get that. And that um, nobody cares, that nobody cares if you're feeling that way. That's the hard part too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's one thing I um, probably should have added into the article actually. But yeah, you, you do feel like nobody cares. Um, and that some people just think, oh, you know, he's just feeling sorry for himself or herself, you know, or anything like that. Um, you know, he'll be all right. And then the next thing you know, you know, that, that person is, um, you know, perhaps trying something that I did that I tried or they're in hospital or they're getting, you know, they're, they're in rehab or whatever. So, um, I just wanted people to read it and say, and just kind of understand that you can get from the very, I guess, bottom of the barrel to, you know, wherever it is you want to get to, you know, do you want to, you know, do you want to earn loads of money in your life? Do you want to earn a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in your life? Do you want flash cars, or do you want just a a nice three bedroom house and a nice little family? You know, whatever it is that you want out of life, um, ultimately, is it? You know, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of help. You know, and you've got to recognize that you need that help as well. I think it helps that if you recognize that you need this help, then you will go and seek it. You will go to your doctor. You will go to um, you may even just walk into the hospital and say, you know, please help me. Um, and once you get that help, I mean, yeah, oh, man, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not suddenly just going to get your life back overnight. It took me, you know, it took me three, four, you know, five years, how many, you know, how many years it was. Um, and going through a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations. But, it, you know, it can be done. And uh, I guess that was just the reason for me writing it, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it, just it's so such a great perspective, absolutely. And you know, the reason I reached out to you and like, I, for one, like I said, it it identified so much with with my story. Like seriously, I'm reading it. And I'm like, God, I could have, you know, I could have, I could have written this. Uh, like this could have been, <laughs> this could have been me. And in in some in some some ways, um, but the thing that I admired most about about the story was just that, like you said, you, you put it out there because. I, I struggle with that and I know a lot of people that do that even if you come out the other end like talking about it again like you mentioned earlier can be hard sometimes to relive those things you know writing about it is and writing about something is the most way to make it like uh <laughs> like make it real again like make it part of your reality because you're like geez I'm putting all this emo I, I think anybody that writes knows that they put their emotion into their writing and then when you're putting that emotion into those really negative uh times of your life it can be it can be quite hard but so I thought it was awesome. So I was I obviously had to reach out and, and share it and I hope that if you're listening to the show again and you haven't read it, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the, the, the show notes and everything. Please definitely go check it out. Um but Justin, you kinda took the, the last question I was gonna ask you there, uh, or one of the two last <laughs> questions I was gonna ask you there and you know, kinda what would you say to other people, but I asked this similar question of Justin Lanero on the last episode when he talked about his alcoholism and I I'm gonna ask it to you now. We, we know what you would say to kind of other people that are, that are suffering through this at this time, but if you could talk to yourself um, years ago, hop in a time machine and, and talk to the version of you that just saw your your girlfriend leave for Australia is just about to fall into this period of depression. What would you say? To, what would you now say to yourself then? Oh, man. Um, I, and I guess um you know, when I think about what I'm as a person in general, you know, when when people I love are in trouble, um, you know, I'll I'll reach out and I'll do I'll do whatever I can, um, you know, to get the people that I love, 
you know, back off, you know, back off their feet again, um, or just laughing or, or, or just, you know, um, sharing something to make them laugh or make them feel good about themselves. So, um, I, I think I would go back then and, you know, say to myself, you know, you can do this, you know, you can get through it. You know, if it was, if I was going back to the time when, you know, I was convinced that I was going to, you know, I was going to you know, take my life, um, I would go back to that that person and say, "This is the wrong decision. This is absolutely the wrong decision because, um, you know, whatever your what, whatever you, whatever you think life is now, whatever whatever it is you think life is right now, um, you know, you're absolutely wrong about that." And and I did think about that question in a sense when I was writing it because I felt like, you know, there was a message there to someone to say, you know, whatever you think life is right now, if you're suffering right now, whatever you think life is right now. It's so much life is so much better than what you think it is, you know, even if you can't see it, even if it's not, even if you, you know, you don't have something that you want or, or you're not feeling the way that you want to feel. Um, you know, people will always say to me or, you know, there's that general narrative that life's too short. Um, and, and, and sometimes, yeah, I, I can see that. But there's times when I'm going, you know what, it's not that short. You know, David, we've got time to do you, what you we plan on do. doing anything longer. I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, I, I, it's funny because um, I guess uh, it's funny for me to say that because uh, you know, I'm the sort of guy that, that takes each day as it comes and, um, you know, live life day by day for, for the most part, particularly when I was younger, maybe not so much now that I've got kids, you know, I have to plan a lot for a lot of things, but, um, you know, I would go back to that person and just, and just say, you know what, if you, if you don't do this, if you go seek help, if you just ride this out and, and make the right decisions and do the right things, um, I would say to me, trust me you will you will ultimately have a life that you'll enjoy you'll you'll find love and and you'll ultimately you know you know have children because it was something that i always wanted when i was younger i was never ready i was never ready to have kids when i was in my early 20s but i knew that ultimately that i did want it um and yeah now that i do so um that's probably what i would say is just is, is try and drill it into myself that you know life will get better and life does get better um, but at the end of the day, you, you're just going through a tough time and you've just got to go and seek help for it and just, uh, and don't be ashamed of that either. Absolutely. Well, well said. Um, I think everybody can, can, can identify with that and, and need to hear that. Um, well, Justin, again, I, I thank you so much for sharing this perspective on the show and, you know, being strong enough to write about it and to talk about it with me and you know i admired the hell out of you for that and i hope i hope you know that um but just before we close out here just to end on something a little bit a little bit lighter uh for the for the audience and for us to take away i do want you to tell the story about how you kind of ended up on the around the nfl podcast as as a fellow tomato can which means that we've both had our asses kicked by uh, chris wessling <laughs> in trivia <laughs> Which is funny. It's a funny story for me because obviously I work with those guys now, and like that was actually right. during my during my terrible period of, of depression. I was actually on that show, and it was something I was really proud of at the time. But like it's funny now. I work with those guys, and like I'm friend, you know, I'm friends with them. But kind of tell us your your story there uh, before we get out of here about that. Yeah, I was just uh, yeah, I was just listening to the show, and um, you know, Dan Dan says, "Hey, look, you know, if you want to come on the show, just." Um, tweet at um, TD, who was a producer at the time. 
So I tweeted him and said, hey, look, you know, I'm, I've been following the NFL for nearly 30 years and, and this and that. And then um, he, I think he – I ended up getting a call from Sully and he calls me up. Um, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning here and we had a chat and um, – Good old, me. Good old Sully. Good old Sully. And, um, you know, we had a chat. He was saying, he was telling me how he's been to Australia before and how he loves it. And it was all, all the niceties were coming out, you know, and it was a nice chat. He was a good guy. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, he just fires his questions at me. Like, I think it was six questions, like just bang, 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 bang. And um, I got them all right. I kid you not, I, I got all the questions right. And, um, and you know, then, then the call ends and, um, I think later that day, um, I I sent him a message on Twitter saying, you know, hey, am, am I on or, or not? What's what's the go? You know, and, and he said, no, man, you're on. Let, let's get you on. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on. We'll, we'll get you on the Skype, and you know, we'll do the video the video as well for it and everything else. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem is, is that when they were recording, it was three o'clock in the morning here. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that conflict. There's that time conflict. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so uh, I get home from work at you know six o'clock in the evening, and I go straight to bed. And you know, I'm up at sort of two two thirty, and um, you know, I, I get on with the guys, and um, it was a lot of fun. And and before that, you know, because I got all the questions right, and you know, yeah, you're gonna be on. I was being all sort of cocky about it, and you know, tweeting at Chris and this and that. And um, anyway, so you know, we get on the show and. You know, three o'clock in the morning, I'm a bit bleary-eyed, but I'm like, let's go. I'm going to get this toaster, you know. And um, and uh, so Dan reads out the questions, and I'm going, oh, man, these are really hard, a lot harder than the ones that I had before. So um, ultimately, I get zero right, none right whatsoever. So, uh, you know, Chris comes oh. back in. <laughs> yeah, Chris comes back in, and he, he gets asked the same questions, and uh, he gets three, I think it was. Mm. Um, but then him and Mark are turning around saying, they were going, wow, they were, those are really hard questions, probably harder than we've ever had. And and so, you know, Dan put this pressure on me, he says to me, he says to me, look, this segment could be gone after today if you don't put in a performance because I was the last, I was one of two of the last, you know, people on there to, you know, to do that segment. And um, so, yeah, it's three o'clock in the morning. The questions, I was just, man, I was struggling and didn't get any right. So, um, but it was good fun. It was really good fun. And 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 afterwards, you know, um, you know, they, they sort of they thanked me for coming on, and um, you know, Mark followed me, and um, you know, even now they interact on Twitter with me a little bit, yeah. and uh, you know, me and Chris had good fun with it. So, um, you know, so it's all good. It was really good fun, and. Um, yeah, I was quite proud to get on there. Just going, wow, I'm going to be on this show, and there's so many people on Twitter listen to it, and so it was good fun. It was it was good fun to do, and yeah, ultimately I enjoyed it. But yeah, tomato cam right here. Ah, well, yep, that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, you were on when it was like a big production with the Skype video, and I was back. I was on it back when it was around the league, when it was the around the league podcast. It was quite a while ago, back in like 2013 or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun. It's fun. It was a fun segment that those guys did. And, uh, it's always cool to like see the different people come on and and always lose to Wesling. Um, <laughs> I was three for six, by the way. So uh, so not super wow. tomatoy, <laughs> but it's hard when the bright lights get on. It's uh, it's hard. Um, but anyways, Justin, again, thank you so much for coming on tonight. You know, listen to the show. I always give the guest one last shot at the floor, um, before you get out of here. So we've talked about a lot tonight, but, uh, just before 
we jump out of here and, and, and the listeners uh, bid their farewell to us, the floor is yours to say whatever uh, you may please. Wow. I always listen to these on other on the other episodes and the, <laughs> the other guests go, oh, my God, what am I going to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> look, um, look, just just thanks, man. I, I, I'm again, I'm blown away for reaching out and just uh, I'm glad that it, it's, a, you know, my story is one that sort of resembles yours in, 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 in at least in some way, um, you know, and, and just to come on and, and put the message out there and, um, and 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 everything else. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, anyone's listening and this goes out to you too, Matt. If you ever get to the point where, you know, you, you you are suffering, just reach out to me, you know, just send me a send me a Twitter message, uh, you know, Facebook, whatever. You know, I'll always make time. I'll always, uh, you know, try my best to make time and just be an ear to, to people. And I've been saying that this week to, to people on Twitter going, look, I'm always happy to lend an ear. And that's always that'll always be the case. And um, I, I really have to think I really have to thank everyone inside the pylon, too um being a part of that community um you know mark bringing me on and 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 doing something that i that i love so much um it it means a lot to me um you know just recently we've been working on our draft guide and i've been putting some work into that the last month or so and there's been a lot of fun to do that and we're excited for that but um shameless plug there sorry but but um I, I do really want to thank those guys um you know I'm, I'm forever grateful um for you guys for sharing your knowledge with me and um and, and just having having fun doing what we're doing and um and again matt i i really appreciate you having me on i've been a fan of the show and uh i've listened to them all and um i've been inspired by a lot of the people that have been on this show and 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 you know some of them are people that I really admire their work. So to come on here and 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 share this this medium, I guess, with them is um, is is pretty amazing. So I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful for what I do inside the pilot. I'm really grateful for coming on. I'm really grateful for the messages. It's um it's been incredible. So thanks, Matt. And um you know seriously, if you uh, you know if you like I said, if you or anyone else does suffer, just uh, just reach out. I'll I'll do what I can. Well, it's been my pleasure to have you, and uh, it was as good as I thought it was going to be, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome, and uh, Justin is one of the good ones, so if you are out there, feel feel free to uh, reach out to him, and if you, again, if you haven't, just make sure you go back and, and read his his, uh, his article, like I said, it's on his pinned tweet at Justin1278, I'll also link it on the uh, Backyard Banter post uh, on the site for the show, but for everybody out there listening, thank you again so much for tuning in, uh, it's been been a fun ride here in season two even though i have not been on a consistent schedule like i mentioned but uh we'll see how we how we get on with that um thank you everybody for for tuning in for sharing the show please make sure you do continue to share the show leave reviews on itunes leave reviews on stitcher wherever you listen and make sure you're uh you're sharing it on social media because we're having some great stories come on in season two like justin's that you never know who they might help um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying my podcast is super important or whatever, but you never know. Somebody might hear this and it really, uh, it helps them through something that they may not have even known they need help with. So for everybody out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you learned something today.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.